on what does it mean, what does it look like, and the importance of keeping the Sabbath. And today, we have a very special Sunday. I think every Sunday at New Life is special. But this morning is special in the, in the, in the, the fact that we actually we come to the end of our series on Sabbath today. And I want to make a distinction. We do not come to the end of Sabbath keeping. We just come to the end of the series. Actually, our goal for you um, this morning is that by the end of this morning, we'll be launching you to be practicing Sabbath for a lifetime. And so uh, if you'll remember, those of you that were here, two weeks ago, the previous sermon on Sabbath was about Sabbath and silence. Do you remember the silent sermon? It's quite hard to forget. But one thing we forgot to do, and that is to celebrate our accomplishment as a community of having 25 minutes of silence. You guys did great. And I didn't tell this to first service, but second service did even better than first service. <laughs> there was a lot of coughing and clearing of throats and moving around that first service. I was amazed at how quiet and still you were. And so to that end, we want to applaud you. And we want you to applaud yourself. But we want to do it with a silent applause. So I want to teach you the silent applause. It's this. Okay, so raise your hands in the air and just practice for a moment. Okay, when I say three, we're going to give ourselves a loud, silent applause for breaking all church records of 25 minutes of silence. Ready? One, two, three. Excellent, excellent. I didn't want that to go by without us celebrating that. Um, so what we're going to do um, from here on in is we're going to actually re recoup all our learnings from this series. And we're going to do that through sermon clips. We're going to do that from experiences. Some of you in our community have had things that we've heard from you, things that we've learned together as a community as we're experiencing Sabbath together. But first, I want to just put Sabbath in a certain context of of even, you know, where does it come from? What's the source? What's the purpose? What's the why of Sabbath? And it really starts with God's love. Everything in our lives begins with God's love. The beginning of your life, the middle of your life, and the end of what your life and my life is all about finds its meaning and purpose in the love of God. Because you and I were created, we were conceived in the mind of God and literally conceived by the love of God and birthed by the love of God. And really, that's what our life is all about, receiving that love, knowing that love for the purpose of giving it out. Love, when it's authentic, is always reciprocal. And what I mean by that is, there's always a giving and a receiving. You can't have giving of love without receiving of love. And you can't, you can't give what you don't have. And so we must receive God's love for the purpose of giving it away. 
God's love also is your and mine's ultimate satisfaction on this earth. You and I are only on this earth for a very short time. And God's love is the only thing, there's no thing, there's no human being that can bring the ultimate satisfaction that my heart desires. Things are good. People are wonderful. And they do bring us love. But nothing can ultimately satisfy your heart except the love of God. And it's also the love of God that keeps us anchored. Love throws, excuse me, life throws curveballs at, at us, doesn't it, sometimes? We have losses. We have disappointments. We have setbacks. We have shipwrecks. We have depression. We have things that come into our lives that, that just bump up against us that cause us pain and difficulty and disorientation. The love of God is needed for those things. I must be remaining in the love of God in order to see me through and grow and even grow deeper in the experience of God's love through those things. You and I would be able to say because of God's love, blessed are we, even if we've had everything stripped away. That's a very tall order. But that is the reality of what God wants us to experience in terms of knowing his love. So God's love, how are we going to do that? How are we going to remain? If this is the most important thing in your life and my life, then how am I going to create a life so I can remain in that, so I can live out of that experience. And so here at New Life, we have developed a rhythm, or we call sometimes, we call it the rule of life. But really what the rule of life is a rhythm which, in which we really pay attention to these specific areas of our life, prayer, rest, relationships, and work. And then in each one of these areas of our life, right, we, we do life around these four things. In order to keep me centered in receiving and giving the love of God. In each one of these areas, though, there are certain practices I have in order to maintain that love. So, for example, prayer. Some of the practices in my prayer life, and what I mean by prayer life are is, uh, when, I, when I say prayer, I mean the practice of, the, of experiencing and being aware of God's presence and his love, okay? Any kind of thing that is enabling me to stay conscious and present and aware of God's love. So, for example, um, Sabbath. We see Sabbath as one of the most important spiritual practice, practices you can do in order to remain in, love's, in God's love. And then daily offices, what we mean by that are those pauses during the day to stay in God's love, remind me of his love. Gathering at church, you, we come here on Sunday. This is one of our practices, one of our prayer practices to stay in an awareness of God's love as we gather together and encourage each other. And then finally, retreats or extended Sabbaths or extended times with God to remain in his love. 
But we have been these last couple months focusing specifically on the spiritual practice of keeping Sabbath. Okay, and what we mean by Sabbath is a 24-hour period set apart to receive the love of God through stopping, specifically stopping your work, paid and unpaid. Also, resting and delighting in those things that bring you life, okay? Because when you're being energized in life, you're experiencing God. And then finally, contemplating. Sabbath enables me to carve out space in my week to slow down and pay attention. And I begin to hear things I didn't hear. I begin to see things I didn't see. I begin to think about things I haven't thought about. And it strips away the illusions of what life is really all about. And the fact that we have certain realities in this life, but then when I stop and pause and contemplate from God's perspective, I realize he's the, the reality within reality. Okay? So, the no another thing about Sabbath is, as I get filled with all these awarenesses during Sabbath, it actually then overflows and infuses the rest of my week. So as a result of Sabbath, if, I've, if I'm keeping it from, say, Saturday 6 p.m. to you know, Sunday 6 p.m., my Monday is now infused with those things that God brought to me and gave me during my Sabbath. It infuses my Tuesday, it infuses my Wednesday, and all the rest of the days of the week. One woman shared with me after first service how she really couldn't get the hang of offices, those pauses during the day to, to stop and be with God. But she began to, uh, the practice of keeping Sabbath, and it dawned on her as she began to get in a rhythm of keeping Sabbath, oh, oh, I get it. This centering I'm experiencing on Sabbath is what an, an office is during the week. It's a mini centering. It's a mini Sabbath. But because her experience of Sabbath and what she experienced on Sabbath infused the rest of her week, informed the rest of her week, I know that because of my Sabbaths, I get many things called to my memory or my remembrance during the week. I, for instance, can be getting ready during the week. And my other days of the week have a very different feel than Sabbath. All of a sudden, you know, Monday morning, I'm, I'm back to beginning to rush. I, I'm not even thinking about it. I realize I'm rushing out the door. I'm rushing to find my keys. I'm rushing to find my pocketbook. I'm rushing to find this. I got to get out the door. And I catch myself because my body remembers what it felt like on Sabbath not to rush. And I I still myself and I say, Jerry, slow down. You don't have to rush. Remember what it felt like not to rush on Sabbath? But I think we're so used to being in a certain mode of living, we don't even think about it. But Sabbath comes along and helps to inform us and wake us up to how we are living. Another thing, this? No, no, it's working. No, it's my earring. <laughs> okay. Um, I can be rushing to a red light during the week, and then I remember 
what it felt like to drive in the right lane on Sabbath. And I don't have to, and, and my, my motto, you know, sometimes during the week, my motto is make the light, make the light. And I remember Sabbath, I didn't have to make the light. And I go, oh. And so Sabbath informs all the other days of the week. So what, I'm gonna, what we're going to do is, for the rest of our time period, we're going to uh, glean our learnings from the last couple of months. And what I want to do with, I want to first start with us standing and remembering uh, what the Bible has to say about Sabbath, okay? So I want to invite you to stand. And so what we're going to do is um, we're going to recite these verses together, and I want you to specifically pay attention to that word Sabbath. And really, I want you to continue to pay attention in, during this time, okay? Uh, how is God coming to you from even what you've heard so far? How will God come to you through these verses? How will God come to you through the multimedia presentation we're going to see in a few minutes? But let's begin. I will, I'll set the pace, and we don't have to say the passages or the verses, but uh, just follow my pace, okay? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Together, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath, and from doing as you please on my holy day. If you keep Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, then you will find joy in the Lord and you cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land. They went to Capernaum and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Jesus said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Amen. You may be seated. So as we, be we began to learn from each other um, around Sabbath keeping, some of you discovered, oh, this takes trial and error. This doesn't just automatically happen. So for example, this is what Abby had to say. As I reflect on last weekend and our first feeble attempt at Sabbath, I can't help but focus on the things my husband and I didn't do. And each thing we didn't do feels like a wrong answer on a Sabbath quiz. We didn't light a candle, deduct five points. <laughs> we didn't go to bed early, subtract 10 points. We didn't go to church, automatic fail. 
but I give Abby an A-plus for honesty. So people began to realize, oh, we have to prepare for the Sabbath. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about the day of preparation before the Sabbath. We need to prepare for the Sabbath. This is what Adelio had to say. I am going to do my best to prepare in advance and get some things done before the sun sets Friday. When it finally does arrive, I will light my candle and declare a cease fire. I will throw on my prayer shawl and commit the next 24 hours to stopping. May God give me the grace to accept things just as they are and not fret about what did or didn't get done. And Jen said this, we decided to prepare all week for this special time. My boyfriend described it as preparing for a party, getting things done so that we could enjoy the big event. So what we're going to do next is continue to glean our learnings from one another through a multimedia presentation. It's about 11 minutes. And it is uh, a recap, a summary of some of the sermons, but it also contains experiences from the community that people had blogged about. A blog is journaling online, okay? So they were journaling online about their experiences in Sabbath, and we integrated them too. Now, I have to add a little something here. So uh, the, the multimedia needed some tweaking yesterday, and the only person that could do it was having his Sabbath. So I was in a quandary. Do I interrupt his Sabbath? But I thought it was important enough because it might impact a thousand people. So I called Matt Candithill and said, Matt, the multimedia needs some tweaking. Could you come? Thank God Matt was not legalistic about his Sabbath. But we thank Matt for the tweaking of the multimedia that we all get to enjoy. seven weeks for Lent, you know, which begins I, next I Wednesday. Couldn't focus on anything. Uh, we are asking you to fast from all the busyness, 24-7, all the hurry, and we are asking you to, we're going to do it together, keep Sabbath for seven weeks. You can't just have work. It needs leisure. It's really that we talk a lot about New Life Fellowship, a Sabbath, the contemplation. You need both activity and work, but you need a foundation of contemplation. You need work, but you need Sabbath rest. That when your life is all about work, 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 he says, when it invades all of life, it ultimately becomes demonic because it diminishes your humanity and your ability to appreciate and worship. And uh, I think a nap is a really great thing to do on the Sabbath because it's a symbol that we can do absolutely nothing, and God still loves us, because it's not about what we do. Right now, I don't really do the 24 hours yet. I'm like at 18, but I'm, you know, I'm, like, I'm trying to get there. These are my boxing gloves, and this is my hapkido uniform. So, like, I, I grew up watching martial arts movies, so last October, I decided I was going to start martial arts. So this is part of my Sabbath, because, like, when I do it, I feel like a kid, and it's sort of, you know, I love life again, and I remember, like, 
yeah, I have to work hard, but I'm not a slave to my job. Like, I can do stuff, and if I don't want to go, like, if I don't want to kick high, I don't have to, because it's not my job. Like, <laughs> ideals of Sabbath really clash with the realities of diapers. And so the question is, how do, how do stay-at-home moms right, deal with the challenges of Sabbath when the work doesn't stop? And so one of the things that my wife and I have done is we've been really intentional with uh, cultivating time for ourselves. So we'll, we'll prepare babysitting with my mother-in-law and just say, let's get a couple of hours away where we can go to the movies or go to Starbucks to just enjoy each other. Or my wife, I've been able to either I'll stay with the baby for a few hours while she just goes out on her own. So how do you get Jose or keep him excited about the idea of Sabbath? Uh, we don't work on Sabbath, so Jose does not do his homework during the Sabbath time. And that just <laughs> sets him free right there. We'll be like, Jose, there's math to be done. No, no, it's not 6 o'clock yet. I still have my Sabbath. Well, I think um, the biggest thing I've learned is, um, is rhythm. Um, I didn't really have a rhythm, and we didn't have a rhythm as a family. Um, when we were married, my husband was in the army, which meant his, his hours were really random. When we came back, he began to work nights, more random. And when he finally started working days, he works on the weekend. So that, you know, we were kind of all over the place. So this is a way to kind of anchor us in um, just having a stable rhythm. <clears throat> Sabbath is a 24-hour period that we've encouraged people to take either from Friday 6 p.m. to Saturday 6 p.m. or from Saturday 6 p.m. to Sunday 6 p.m. And uh, we've in invited people to stop, rest, delight, and contemplate during that time. Come on. I'm talking about taking a 24-hour period. What are you talking about? You're crazy. You're nuts. What about all the money? We'll lose? What about all the studying? That, what about all the books that won't be read? What about all that? You're crazy. You're ridiculous. I can't believe you even brought up the suggestion. There were a few reasons why I resisted doing Sabbath. Number one was I thought too highly of myself. Not only is it because I thought too highly of myself, I also thought too lowly of myself at times as if I didn't deserve a Sabbath. Because so much of the messages that I received growing up in the family that I grew up in was that I was only worth what I produced. Now I realize some of you for Lent, you have given up sweets. And as a Minister of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, I absolve you right now. <laughs> I want you to close your eyes as you take this first bite, okay? Close your eyes, take this first bite of this Hershey kiss. Right, let's all take our second bite. You can close your eyes and just take that second bite. Now let's take our last bite. Sabbath is stopping to hear the music. Sabbath is stopping to smell the roses. Sabbath is stopping to eat the chocolate. <laughs> Thank you. 
you know ye the Sabbath when you tweet during a movie, you text during dinner, you read email during meetings and classes, and you learn about your spouse's day from Facebook. <laughs> but, but they talk about a bride coming, Sabbath comes like a bride with perfume, all dressed as the presence of God in the world. And you, are, you respond to Sabbath with affection, with longing, with excitement. And actually at the end of Sabbath, if you can, you want to extend your time with the guests of Sabbath. And, you, and maybe you let the candle go another few hours just because you don't want it to end. Because the call of God is that in this holy time, this time set apart, this time that's different than the other six days, you actually cultivate your taste buds to taste eternity. But the great danger, and as I pondered this, and I, I have a fear, I'll be very upfront with you, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of what's happening to us and what's happening to many other communities around the power of Sabbath keeping, and that is something called legalism. I myself am a legalist and a Pharisee. I've got a lot of that in me. And I can so easily take something wonderful like Sabbath keeping, as, as Jesus says, this was given to you as a gift, I can turn it into a bondage. And so as we've been talking about Sabbath, one of the main reasons to practice Sabbath is Sabbath reorients our lives so that thanks and gratitude would flow from us seamlessly. Because Sabbath provides an intentional time frame to practice gratitude to God and to others because gratitude entails concentrated effort. And so Sabbath keeping, to practice Sabbath, first and foremost, is it's infused with gratitude and thanks, gratitude and praise. God, God has something new for you. I believe God has something new for us at a church where God's taking us. And so God meets Elijah in a deep way that's deeper than words.
Sabbath is my favorite day of the week. I don't know how I ever live without it. And I pray that as you engage it for the next seven weeks, you will have the same experience. You will say, how did I ever live without Sabbath keeping? Because I think you'll find, just as I found, it really is, as Jesus said, it is a gift of God to us. We were not made to do Sabbath. Sabbath was given by God as a gift to us. And uh, it is just a delight. As Abraham Heschel says, the great rabbi, it is one of the most precious gifts of God to the human race. So I invite you to come, partake, drink of Sabbath. You'll be so glad you did. So we want to uh, acknowledge that uh, we had a hidden agenda with this Lenten initiative on practicing Sabbath, and that is that you would so taste uh, the joy and delight of Sabbath that it would grab hold of you and that you would begin practicing this for the rest of your life. And so now that this initiative is over, uh, that is our prayer and hope, that you've tasted something, you've begun something, regardless of where you are on your journey, that you say, you know, I really want to build and make a decision to have this spiritual formation practice as a part of my rhythm of living and receiving and the giving of the love of God. And uh, so I, I want to encourage you, as we bring this to a close, there were two books that we offered that we felt were the two best books out on Sabbath keeping. Uh, one is called Sabbath, Finding Rest, Renewal, and Delight in Our Busy Lives by Wayne Mueller, and the other is called Sabbath Keeping by Lynn Babb. They're available at our cost at the uh, book table on the way out. I want to encourage you to get at least one of those books only because there's so much to learn about Sabbath. It is a vast vast topic. We've been now engaged in it for on and off for like 14 years. We're still learning so much about Sabbath keeping. It is a powerfully profound uh, biblical spiritual formation practice. So I commend this to you as you uh, go forth. Okay. So as we conclude the series, we want to uh, leave you with a few final reminders. Number one, the, first, the number one reminder is that we get to keep Sabbath. If you can remember that verses, you have to keep Sabbath, it's not a have to. It's that we get to. When I was growing up uh, and lived by the ocean, um, I was always jealous of the herb kids because the herb kids always had a free pass to the, the pool and the beach because their father was the manager of the pool and the beach. But you and I... We are God's kids. Because we're God's kids, we get a free day. We get a free day every week just because we're God's kids, and that day is called Sabbath. The second reminder we want you to take with you as you leave here is that perfectionism and legalism kill Sabbath. Now, this is not about a checkoff list, okay, that I stop, rest, delight, contemplate good enough, and I check it off, and I'm done. In fact, the whole notion of perfectionism is the exact opposite of Sabbath. I mean, Sabbath is a 24-hour period that you're receiving his grace. It's not based on your works. And uh, so Sabbath, the whole notion, is the opposite of perfectionism. And uh, so the point is, you do not have to be perfect or, or get it perfect. And uh, remember, the reality is, it says in Colossians 2, Paul says, don't let anyone judge you by a new moon or a Sabbath day. The reality is found in Christ. Yes, it's all about Christ, but don't judge yourself by a Sabbath day either. It's a gift to receive from, be received from God. And so this perfectionism, legalism theme has to be really just carefully monitored. So Jerry and I, uh, for example, this past few months, we, uh, decided we, we decided to teach a marriage equipping course here at New Life. And our Sabbath runs from Friday night at 6 
till Saturday night at 6. And, uh, but we decided that the best time for everybody else was on Friday nights. And so we said, oh, we'll just move our Sabbath to all day Saturday. Uh, but we realized, as now we're in, I think, our, our eighth week, that it really knocked our rhythm off because we, we, we need, we, and we like Fridays, actually from about noon to 6, to prepare for Sabbath, finishing our errands, any work that we've got left, um, doing our chores, so that we're done. And uh, so it was a trial and error. We learned something from it, and we probably are not going to do that very often again. So you're going to always be doing trial and error, and it works for me. I did some gardening yesterday in our yard, which I really enjoyed. It was different for me. But by the fourth hour, I realized I crossed the line. For me, it had now become joy to now it's like, Drudgery. I think I'm done. <laughs> Drudgery. Uh, so, but again, I'm learning, right? And we're all learning together. Right. Next. Sabbath rewires us to pay attention. You and I are living in what social scientists have termed an interruption epidemic. Because of the incredible increase of social media, email interruptions, um, tweeting, and all the rest of it, uh, we have a lot of interruptions in our lives, and it's actually affecting our brain. This is what one researcher said. We come equipped with two kinds of attention in our brain. We have involuntary and voluntary. The involuntary attention is designed to watch for threats to survival. It gets triggered when there's stimuli like, you know, a, a fast car is coming at me. Quick, get out of the way. But because of all the rings, pings, and buzzes of our social media, our lives have actually turned into what she called an electric game of whack-a-mole. You know that, that little that game and the little head keeps popping up and you have to keep hitting it down? But that's what our lives can feel like in terms of interruptions and we are actually eroding a part of our brain, the voluntary control that is able to decide what you want to pay attention to and what you don't want to pay attention to. We're eroding that part of the brain. And so the more you check email, the more you need to check email. It actually is addictive. The wonderful thing about Sabbath is that I, I am purposefully and intentionally paying attention. And when I do that, I'm remembering what life is really all about. And I'm not letting the interruptions run my life. By paying attention, I'm retraining my brain to pay attention to what matters and really what my life is all about, and that is the love of God. Wonderful. Now, the last thing we want you to remember as you, we leave this series is that slowing down for Sabbath leads to loving well. Now, loving well is the whole purpose of, of the Christian life. Now, a study was done in the early 1970s uh, about, uh, it was done with a group of seminarians, uh, a selected group, and they wanted to, 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 these were people who were studying God for a living, and they were researching this thing of hurry and, and, and compassion. And what they did was they set up this research where these folks were in one building, and they created some circumstances where they had to go to another building. And uh, they set it up that the levels of hurry would be different. Now, they, they also, along the way, as they moved from one building to the next, they would meet a man slumped in an alleyway, apparently drunk and hurt, groaning for help. And uh, what they found as they created these different 
uh, conditions on different levels of hurry that people who were in a hurry from going from one building to the next, even though they had just heard a sermon and were going to preach a sermon on the Good Samaritan, which is helping somebody on the side of the road who's been beat up, that it didn't matter what the content was of their sermon and what they were going to go do and preach a sermon on it, the people who hurried more were less less compassionate. They stopped much less. In fact, it was such a sharp study, you couldn't believe that the issue was not what you believed in your head. The issue was the pace of your life, whether you would slow down, stop, and be compassionate for somebody. And so when we talk about Sabbath keeping and slowing down your life, you've got to understand that we're talking about growing into men and women who actually have the space in our souls and our lives to stop and love people well. And uh, so this is my history. I know that. When I'm hurried, I'm not loving very well. And Because Sabbath begins, as Jerry said, to change our physiology, our body, our brain waves, and thus it spills over into the other six days. Mm. So as we close and transition to communion, I want to uh, finish with this quote from Jed. Our Sabbath time has personally allowed me to draw closer to God. It has become very purposeful and meaningful to me. I only wonder, why didn't I do this sooner? I dropped the gift. Okay, good. So, Nessa, you've heard a lot this morning, and we've learned a lot as a community about Sabbath. So put the question up, Jer. Uh, next question. So here's a question I want to close with. How is God coming to you through these learnings? What might be God's next step for you? So I'd like just to have a minute of silence uh, before the Lord and ask you to really ponder that, those two questions. How is God coming to you through these learnings? And what might be his next step for you regarding the Sabbath? All right, so let's bow our heads for just one minute together and close our eyes and be present to listen to him for each of our personal lives. Amen. Thank you. All right, worship team, please come forward. And now together, uh, we are going to celebrate the Lord's table slash communion together. Now, we're going to come forward to a communion table to commune, to have union and oneness with Jesus, who is our Sabbath rest. At the Lord's table, we look forward to tasting heaven to being one with Jesus, who is, as it says in Hebrews 4, our Sabbath rest. We're looking forward to something. And so uh, communion, like Sabbath, is a reminder. Jesus says, take and eat. This is my body given for you. We take the bread. He takes the cup. He says, take and drink. This is my, the blood of my covenant given for you. And so we are tasting something that is to come when we see him face to face. So I'm going to invite you all to stand with me. So it is true 
in, in a sense, we look at the Lord's table, we look to the past. I mean, Jesus died, was crucified, arose from the dead. And uh, we do this in remembrance of him. But it's also a present experience of tasting heaven, much like Sabbath, as we look forward to the day when we see him face to face. And so what I'm going to invite you to do is you're going to take the bread, we'll form our lines here, you'll dip it in the cup, but I'm going to ask you to hold on to it. Don't, don't partake right here at the table. Bring it back to your seat. And in the midst of worship, uh, you want to ponder, you want to commune with him, but you want to ponder Jesus as your Sabbath rest, as you're going to see him face to face. And allow him to just speak to you, love you, direct you as what rhythm, what shifts might he be inviting you to for this next phase of your journey with him that your whole life might be a communion with him. Okay? So uh, I'm going to ask you to bow and we'll pray as we offer this communion time to the Lord uh, together. And so, Father, we ask you corporately for forgiveness of our sins as we come to this table. Cleanse us from sins of omission, things we know about, things we don't even know that we should have done but did not. Cleanse us through your blood, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord, we come to your table not based on our own works, our own performance, our own righteousness. Lord, we come in the name of Jesus alone. We come, Lord, in the blood of Jesus alone. We come in the righteousness of our Lord. And so, Lord, may we taste you, who is our Sabbath rest. Meet us, I pray, in a powerful way, uh, in communion and union with you. So we bless you. Commit this time to you in Christ's name. Amen. So let's begin. Thank you.
All right, as we close here, it's only fitting we, we close this whole service uh, of, and series on Sabbath keeping with an invitation of Jesus from Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So we have some prayer teams over to your left. And those in the balcony, uh, I invite you to come down, and uh, they will wait here for you. And whether it's physically or spiritually or emotionally, uh, you are oppressed, you are just, but you sense God wants to break through in your life because Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so if it's heavy and hard, you just know it's not Jesus' yoke. So I want to invite you to come and you're coming for a miracle. You're coming for Jesus to do what only he can do and that's heal you and, and, and break off of you something that you can't break off yourself. So are, they will wait for you. And I invite you to, to come and receive an anointing of oil and, and prayer over your life. Okay? So as we close, uh, Jerry's going to speak a blessing over us. So I invite you to open your palms up towards heaven. The rest of you receive a blessing from the Lord uh, as we go forth from this place. And I want to invite you to close your eyes. And I want you to picture a beautiful Christmas tree. Although Christmas is long over, but there still remains under that tree one unopened, unwrapped gift. You see it sitting there? One unwrapped gift. And it is a gift from God called Sabbath. And if you've not unwrapped that gift yet, I want to invite you to unwrap it. And I bless you. And the Lord of the Sabbath blesses you and invites you to open that big, fat gift called Sabbath. That rich gift. And may the Lord of the Sabbath enable you to enjoy that gift by entering the, the, the rest of that gift until you are with him in eternal rest. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. God bless everyone. Have a wonderful day. The prayer teams are to your left, so please come.